Welcome to Mind Over Miles, a show about the mental lessons learned and practiced on the run. In season one, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the book I'm writing about the mental side of running and motherhood. I'm sharing the interviews I've done for the book with professional, elite, and regular runners who are also mothers. Thank you to all my interviewees, and thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Neely Spence Gracie, a professional marathoner for Adidas. She's a running coach and business owner. Her biz is called Get Running Coaching. She was the top American at the 2016 Boston Marathon. She's qualified for the Olympic trials three times, and now after having her two sons, Athens and Rome, yes, they're named after Olympic cities, she's back to running hard towards her goal of qualifying for the next Olympic marathon. Drop me into your day. Curious what your day has looked like so far. Yeah. Well, it's uh, 1024 in the morning in Colorado. Um, And let's see. I guess um, our day kind of started with both kids in our bed. Um, Athens woke up at like five. And usually if he wakes up at five, it's hard to get him to resettle. So, um, we will just bring him over into our bed and then often we'll get him to fall back to sleep for like another hour, an hour and a half. So, um, my husband just went and grabbed him, brought him over and then Rome kind of woke up like simultaneously. And so I fed him and then just held him when he went back to sleep. And so I kind of laid there and like, dozed, but it was hard to fall asleep because I'm like squished between both kids. Um, (laughs) And so I was like able to kind of wiggle my way out um, and just brought Rome downstairs and he stayed asleep. And so that was around six. I did that and I made some coffee and answered some emails um, and like did some coaching work. And then Athens came down around 645 and, um, we watched some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with him while he kind of woke up and had his breakfast and my husband read. Um, and then we got Athens ready for school and we try to get out the door by like 730-ish um, on days that we can walk. Um, and so it was nice enough this morning. We were able to walk him over to school and uh, then... I pushed the double stroller over, um, dropped him off, and then I ran home um, and then kind of added on and got in four miles, um, came back and lifted. Um, My mother-in-law watched Rome while I I was lifting, so that was really nice. Um, They just got into town uh, last night, so they're visiting from Pennsylvania, my in-laws, for the next few weeks, so it'll be really awesome to have extra hands, (laughs) Um, so I I finished up a little lifting because I feel like that uh, has definitely been one thing that I haven't been as consistent with as I wish I was, so um, I I wanted to get that in today. That was a priority, Um, and then I jumped in the shower and got Rome all fed and got myself fed, and then um, it's just kind of, you know, doing all the things, put some laundry away, um, and then prepped for the call, so here I am. I I wanted to ask you about how you think being a mom has made you a better runner, and I actually wanted to start with, um, you had this quote that I really liked that I wanted to to read off here of, um, you're, you're basically answering a, a similar question. Um, 
And you said, I have more things on my plate and cannot obsess or dwell on how that run wasn't exactly perfect, or I should have lifted a little heavier at the gym. I'm less focused on things having to be ideal and more happy to get them in, which is liberating after years of perfectionist tendency. Also, everything is flexible. I used to be very rigid in my day, and now I'm able to be much more go with the flow. Um, and I just, I thought that was like a great encapsulation of a way that motherhood really directly benefits your running and then wanted to see if, if you wanted to add to that or if there are other ways that you feel like motherhood has benefited your running. Yeah. So it's so funny because, um, you know, before I had kids, I was training as a professional athlete. Um, and that was my number one job. I coached, um, and, you know, had my online business on the side, but my main focus day to day was being a professional athlete and training, um, accordingly. And when I look back on it, I was like, I thought I was so busy at that point. And it would be like, well, I have to do my run and then I have to, um, you know, go to the gym and then I have to take a shower and then I have to get a massage and then I have to get lunch and then I have to rest for a little bit in the Norma tech. And then I have to go run again. And it was like, now I look back on it and I'm like, okay, you were not busy. <laughs> you like just you kind of did your own thing all day long. Um, and so now I'm like, if I had the perspective that I have right now with like the time that I had available then, like, man, that's like the magic ingredients right there. Um, so it'll happen someday. Um, where I'll find that time again, but, uh, yeah, I think that the, the biggest thing is, you know, I have to be so much more, um, like focused on the time management aspect and like the organization of my day. Um, because, you know, I need to, first and foremost, like to be the mom that I want to be, put my kids, um, and what they need ahead of everything else. Um, and so that's kind of like my number one priority for the day. Um, and then everything else I kind of like structure and build around that. Um, and so when I kind of removed all of like the stress and pressure, um, and expectations that I had on myself surrounding my training and my professional career. Um, I've become a lot smarter <laughs> with my training. Um, so I feel like the best example of this is like last fall, I was training for the marathon project um, in Arizona. And I, um, you know, had Athens home with me because, uh, you know, it was the pandemic and everything. Um, we didn't have childcare. Um, and so Athens was home with me and my husband was working from home, um, as well as studying for, um, a big, uh, test for becoming a financial planner. Um, and so I was pretty much on doing it all, um, 24 <laughs> seven, um, because he was working and studying. Um, and so, but I would get my, my two hours in the morning to do my training. And then that was it. That was all I had. Um, and so I maximized those two hours every day, um, with, you know, getting in my run, um, and then whatever extra I needed, whether that was lifting, um, or, uh, recovery type stuff. Um, it was just, I had two hours 
to do what I needed to do. Um, and then the rest of the time I was completely switched and like my mind was on something else. And I ended up running a couple like 90 mile weeks that way. Um, was feeling great, had like awesome training. Um, but you know, I wasn't as focused and obsessive over the training. It was just like, well, we'll see what happens today. Like, you know, Athens was up three times last night and like, that's just where we were. Um, but I ended up feeling like I was in some of the best shape I've ever been in. Um, and I was able to do workouts that I had never, um, been able to do before. Um, despite, everything else kind of not being as ideal. And I think it was because I didn't have wasted stress, um, and energy like in that regard of stressing about the workouts and like the recovery and things not being perfect. Um, and it was just like, Hey, I got it in. Um, that was awesome. Move on, like focus on the next thing. Um, and so I, I think that that has been, um, a really nice benefit for me. And I totally get that. I'm not like, uh, you know, not everyone can relate to that. Um, but for me, I think I had just spent, you know, so many years, um, very, very focused to like, I need to be dialed in, in every aspect, um, or else like I won't be a good runner. Um, and I think last year kind of showed me that, um, not everything has to go perfectly for you to still be successful. Yeah. It sounds like too, there's, you know, there's, uh, there's no time to like doubt or to think, Oh, am I motivated? I don't want to go on this run or like, you know, am I feeling good enough today for this workout? It's like all that stuff is just, there's no time for it. And so then it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have time to waste energy on things that don't need energy, um, (laughs) spent on them. And so it's like, this is my four hour window. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's pouring rain. I don't care if it's like, you know, I, I, this is just when it, when it's happening. Um, and you know, often I would wake up really early and I'd start at like six because my husband would have to start work at eight, you know? So I would be up at, you know, four 30 to five, um, getting prepped for my workout. And then whether it was on the treadmill or loops in my neighborhood, because it was dark out and I don't want to run by myself or whatever, but it's just like, just when I do it. And, you know, before I used to be like, oh, well, I can drive anywhere and I can, you know, spend my whole morning doing my workout and I can, um, you know, meet up with friends and then we can go grab coffee after. And, you know, it just like, I just had to be so much more, um, like dialed in. And I think that that has been better for me, um, because I just can't dwell on any one thing. And it's just kind of like, all right, like one thing to the next, check it off and move on. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about, um, you know, your, your kids are your number one priority. Um, I'm curious if there are times when like overall, uh, I know that you're, you know, making sure their needs are met, all those things. Um, but are there times when you could give an example of like, actually you've made your running or something, you know, for you a priority? Um, or like, I think there can be a lot of uh, guilt around, um, like, you know, Oh my God, my kid's crying. Like I've had, I've had these moments of like, she's crying, but like, I am so freaking hungry. Like I just need five minutes to like make this smoothie or like something. Um, 
And that's a moment where I'm like, okay, I, she actually isn't the number one priority right now. Like I've, I've had to shift to, to being me. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any examples like that. Yeah. I feel like every mom kind of has to go through that. Right. Like, um, you know, I'd say like one of my examples is like, I need to take a shower and like, you need to hang out for a few minutes and you're fine. Like you're safe. You're, you're okay. Um, and I would say I felt more stressed about it the first time around, um, with Athens. Um, and the second time around has been way less stressful. Um, I'm, I'm way more relaxed about, uh, all those things, but I feel like Rome is also like just a little bit more of a chill baby to begin with. Um, you know, like he just hangs out on the floor. Um, I have like a little play mat and he just like lays on the floor in the bathroom whenever I take a shower and he just hangs out and watches me. And like, I remember all the time Athens crying and it being like, do I get out? Do I try and feed him? And then I get back in the shower and like do that five times. And, um, it's like, you know, uh, I also know, um, like, I will just put them in the stroller and I'll go for a run. I'll be like, here, Athens, watch my phone. I don't care. If Rome, yeah. you take a nap. Like, um, and this is my time and then I'll be a better mom once we're done. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I feel like a lot of it is just, um, you know, yeah, I'm always multitasking. Um, I feel like that's the hardest part and the most challenging part for me is that, I want to make sure that I still spend some quality time just with my kids um, individually instead of always kind of multitasking and like half holding Rome while I'm trying to work while, you know, like um, because I'm around them a lot. Athens is at school now in the mornings. um, But other than that, like, you know, he's home with me um, in the afternoons and, um, you know, if there's stuff that I have to do, well, like we make that happen and that's fine. But then there's also times where I'm like, all right, I need to, usually it's, I have to get out to kind of stop the multitasking and really just focus on enjoying the kids. Um, and so I try to do that at least once a day where it's like, (laughs) we have some time where like, I'm not on my phone, I'm not trying to work. Um, and I'm not, um, trying to do multiple things. I can just enjoy being with them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's great. And it's really nice to hear kind of like real day-to-day examples of that prioritizing act. Um, yes. Then I'm curious kind of in the, the inverse of how do you feel like running makes you a better mom or kind of like makes your parenting unique? I mean, so one of the things that I think is really funny is like Athens will just randomly be like, can we go play at the track? And it's like, (laughs) that's so fun to me because, um, like he doesn't really know any different that like, um, you know, between my husband who runs and me, um, like he's always around us running and, um, I think it's just really special that it's like something that he just, has kind of embraced into like his lifestyle as well. Uh, 
And so I think that's been really fun, but which like maybe is a little bit unique, um, but probably not as much for like running specific parents, because I feel like most (laughs) parents who run their kids are like interested in what they do too. Um, But this was kind of funny. Athens, we like started soccer. um, It was just like a little like six week intro to soccer thing. Um, They didn't have games or anything. Athens is three. Um, And so uh, we went to soccer and every single week, Athens would like pay attention like 25% of the time um, to what was going on. And then the rest of the time, he's like, I just want to run. I just want to run. And he would just do like laps and run around the soccer field and he would yell I'm the fastest I'm the fastest and we were like oh and that's what was fun and like probably not your average kid but you know it was it, it kind of makes sense for what we are and uh yeah. where what he's used to um and where he comes from but yeah so we thought that was kind of funny that's really cute <laughs> He's practicing good, positive self-talk, you know, for out there in his race. Yes. (laughs) I I much encourage that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Um, yeah. And then I would just say like, I mean, like there's, he gets like sometimes left out if we like run without him. Um, and so he'll, he'll be like, no, no, I, I need to go in the stroller. Like I want to come running too. Um, and so, uh, then it's like, okay, well, like I was going to run by myself, but I'll do like a loop around the neighborhood and then drop you off or, you know, Mm -hmm. those type of things. Um, and so he definitely knows like kind of what the routine is like and like, mom and dad get their runs in every morning <laughs> and yeah. sometimes he gets to go along and that's fun. Um, and then one of our like, uh, kind of like traditions, I guess, is that, um, on Saturdays, usually we'll do either Saturday or Sunday, um, on the weekend, we'll do like a family run with everyone. And then we finish at the bakery and we get breakfast and then just walk home. And so Athens really likes that. And, I think that's like something that's been really fun, like as a, I don't know, something that we can do all together that we all look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you um, write about that tradition on Instagram. That does seem like a really nice weekend activity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about um, kind of this connection between sports psychology and parenting and how to like use those same tools. Um, in your parenting and sometimes the reverse of like, you kind of get a mental strategy from parenting that you use then in your running. Um, and I have a couple of things here that just have gotten from, um, you know, your podcast or articles you've been in, um, that I'm curious you can, you know, say any more about or give examples of maybe when you've used this either in running or parenting. Um, mm-hmm. and one was that you feel like you, you create the life that you want and the harder you train, the luckier you get. And I think you had said that your, your husband Dylan has really helped you like create that kind of positive attitude. Um, and yeah, I'm wondering if you have any examples of, of using that in, in running or parenting. Yeah. I feel like 
With parenting, um, it's one of those things where, you know, before you have kids, you're like, oh, I'm totally going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And then you have kids and like everything changes because you're, you actually get it at that point. Um, and like whatever the dynamic is with like who, what your person, like kids personalities are. Um, and like, there's just so many things that you can't predict until like you have the kid. Um, and so I feel that way, even with like having two kids has been like from, you know, I was really good at being Athens mom, but when Rome was born, it was like, I had to learn how to be his mom, um, because he's different and he is not Athens. Um, and so what he needed was different. And so I feel like, um, you know, one of the things, uh, actually in like, we did a little virtual baby shower. Um, my sisters threw it for me and they came up with all these mantras for me for momming. Um, oh, <laughs> cause wow. they know that I'm really into that for uh, running. And so it was like, I am blonde. I am beautiful. I am the best mom ever. <laughs> like she like, yeah. it was really funny. Um, they were pretty, pretty cute. Um, mom was like, anything is possible with coffee. (laughs) And so I, on the hard days, like I kind of pinned them up and like would look at them and laugh and like, it made me smile. (laughs) It gave me that little, like, okay, you know, you got this. It's going to be all right. Um, so I felt like that was helpful. Um, but then also I feel like, um, you know, whenever I worked with a sports psychologist for running, um, she would always have me journal kind of my thoughts about things and then kind of track trends of like what I was saying and thinking, um, and then kind of how to change, um, some of those thoughts. So like if I was using a lot of can'ts and don'ts, um, then I, turning that into like, what can you do? What do you do? Um, like focusing on more of those positive, um, ways of looking at things. And so I feel like it's like been really similar for me with parenting, um, where I've had to do that as well. Um, where, you know, I need to focus more on like the things that are going well and then kind of reflect on like what I want to change and then how do I make those changes? And like I said, you know, we used to have a like no kids ever are going to be in our bed and like we completely changed that. Like, you know, just that didn't that didn't work for who we are and it didn't work for our kids. And so, um, we were like, we would, we have no problem like having our kids in our bed from time to time, but we don't want them in there all night long, um, because we need to sleep as well, but we also need to sleep past, you know, four in the morning. So if they wake up at that point, like we'll bring them into bed if that's what it takes to settle. So then everyone can sleep a little longer. Um, And so a lot of it, I feel like, is like having those reflective times where we're able to make those changes. Um, And I used to do the same exact thing in with like my training um, and in my sports psychology journal. Yeah. And so do you still journal now, both about your running or about parenting or either? Um, not as much as I should. (laughs) I feel like I used to, Oh, it was like my, like before bed, I would always kind of like write things out. Um, and now before bed, I'm like, go to bed. I'm just tired. (laughs) Um, and so in plus like Rome is still in our room. And so I was actually, I need to get into a, like a better habit and routine of like even journaling just my running stuff. Um, 
because I usually use the Believe I Am training journal. Um, And then, you know, I write down all everything like running related um, in it. But then also like little life things too, like, oh, you know, Rome didn't sleep well last night or, you know, woke up with a sore throat or, you know, whatever like um, things are kind of going on. I record that. Um, But I usually do it before bed. And since he's in our room sleeping, when I go up to bed, I can't do it at that time. So I need to find like another time (laughs) of the day. Um, So that's one thing that I definitely improve because I do find it really helps me, um, you know, in the moment, but then also kind of when I look back on things, um, and like reflect and, um, you know, I, I just recently looked back at my training from last October, um, which is when I was doing like those 90 mile weeks and like really training. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant. And so, uh, I'd end up not getting to race. Um, but I, I was looking back and like, I was really proud of myself and like some of the the training that I was able to do. Um, and then it's kind of funny to be like, Oh, I'm so tired. And then the next week I'm just so tired. And then I was like, Oh, and you're pregnant. That's why. <laughs> then made sense. <laughs> but I was like, I'm just so tired from training. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask more about um, about becoming pregnant with Rome because I know that it wasn't expected, right? You had an IUD, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. And um, you know, I remember you saying like you very specifically after Athens, um, were like, I'm going to wait to have a second child until I've accomplished certain things in my running. And like, we're, you know, making that conscious decision. And then that decision happened, you know, (laughs) for you. Um, um, and I'm curious if you can, you know, take me through some of the, like the moments of like that being a really hard realization, um, that you weren't going to be able to pursue those running goals right at that moment. Um, and then like how you started coming out of those, that hard moment of that surprise. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was totally a shock. I found out, um, the day before Halloween last year. Uh, so we're coming up on that (laughs) anniversary. Um, but I just went into my annual OB appointment. Um, and I was, sitting there talking with her and she's a runner. And so I was like, yeah, I have this marathon coming up and like, I'm really excited about it. And things are finally clicking. You know, it's been so long and I wasn't able to run during my pregnancy with Athens. And then it took me like two years to really be able to start training, um, at any like decent level. Um, after my body, was just very much stressed. Um, And I had a femoral neck fracture and I was, you know, that delayed another four months. And, um, it was just a really long, hard, uh, process. And I doubted myself a lot, um, during that time. And, you know, the thing that kind of just kept me going, like I was this close, just being like, I'm done. Like (laughs) I I can't run anymore. My body's not working with me. Um, but then it was like, I just had this little flicker of like a flame inside my heart that was like, I still really love running and 
I really want to compete again. Um, and so that's kind of the thing that kept me going. But like I said, I kind of like was able to shift my, um, mindset to being like, you know what, like I, at first I just want to like be able to run and run consistently and run without injury. Um, and so that became my main focus, not like being in peak shape, um, and competing and all of that. Like I really just enjoyed the daily routine of running. Um, and so I was like, okay, get back to just enjoying that, um, and doing that and like have your body in a place where you can go and run five miles every single morning. Um, and it can be fun and it's like, just starts my days, my stress relief, all of that. So that was kind of like my main focus. Um, so then anyways, like over time I started to be like, Oh, like things are clicking again and my body's feeling good. And like, I started to actually get into some of this serious training, got the miles up. And so I had literally just finished like a 23 mile long run the week before, which was my longest training run I've ever done. Um, and you know, here I am at the OB and I'm like, yeah, like it's going so well. And I have this like big race coming up. Um, and we kind of got to talking and I was like, I'm a few days late, but like, um, you know, honestly, like I'm, I think it's just like all the training and then like all the stress with my husband's like big test coming up and all these things. So, um, I'm not that worried about it. And she's like, yeah, that all adds up and makes sense, but like, let's just test. Um, and so <laughs> we tested, <laughs> I, I just like peed in the cup. I left, I was driving home and yeah. she called me and it was one of those just like instantly, you know, what's wrong. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> my God. And I answered the phone and she's like, okay, I need you to calmly turn around and come right back. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I turned around, I drove back and it was like a Friday night. I was the last appointment of the day. Um, she's like staying late <laughs> to help me. Um, she's like, they're, they're locking the front door, but you come in this side door <laughs> that I'll let you in. Um, so I like went in, she pulled my IUD um, you know, and then did an ultrasound. And sure enough, I was like almost six weeks, um, pregnant with Rome. And then it was like high risk because of having the IUD. Um, it's like a greater percent, um, chance for a miscarriage in the first trimester. So there were just like all kinds of things, um, that kind of compounded all at once. And I was just in like complete shock. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a really big transition going from like, I'm training and like, this is my main goal and things are finally clicking and like, I'm back to being a serious athlete to like, I'm starting over and like everything that I've worked for is gone. Um, and it did, it took me a while to kind of work through that. Um, but I also, we knew we wanted to have another kid eventually. Um, it just wasn't initially the time frame that we had anticipated, um, but in hindsight, I feel like, you know, now, of course, he's here and it's like, this is what was meant to happen. And like, we're doing great. And I'm very pleased with how everything went. And I kind of am enjoying, okay, we're just going to do this phase of parenting. And then I will transition back to training. And then I have... I never, I don't have to stop at any certain point. I have kind of, I can go as long as I want with that at whatever level I choose. Um, and so 
I, I feel very good about it now, but it was a really challenging, a, a challenging time. Um, and there was a lot of stress just with like being high risk and, you know, realizing that things like I might lose both. I might lose the baby and I mm. might lose the ability to race and, you know, train yeah. for a while. And so, um, you know, there was definitely, uh, a lot of stress there. Um, and then when, of course I had like morning sickness and stuff, I was like, oh, I didn't ask for this. I don't want to like be sick right now. Um, but, uh, anyways, my pregnancy ended up being so much better. I ran every day. Um, and, it was just like such a dramatically like different experience than it was with Athens. And so far the return has been the same where, um, I just feel so much more mentally at ease because I know that it comes back and I know that I'll be able to run and like feel strong and compete again and all of that. Um, when the time is right and I can really just enjoy like being in the moment. Um, and I think also like I was sponsored during my pregnancy, um, with Athens. And so I felt a lot of pressure and then I felt like I was letting down Adidas whenever I couldn't run during my pregnancy. And then whenever I couldn't get back to competing after, um, I just, I felt even though they weren't putting pressure on me, I was putting pressure on myself because I felt like I should be there and like representing them. So that was hard too. And it's easier now not being sponsored and not having that additional stress, um, for the phase of life that I'm in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard you talk about, yeah, just really focusing on like, this is the phase of life I'm in. Um, it's different from other phases of life that I have been in or will be in. Um, and I think you even said, I love this, um, you go through different phases and no matter what you keep going. And I think you were relating that to being in a marathon. Do you remember that? Was that mm -hmm. what? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's so true, right? Because like, you know, there's always rough patches in the marathon. Um, there's always harder moments. Um, but then there's also some like really awesome moments and that's why we keep going back and like doing them over and over. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, it's, it's the same for, for parenting and there's definitely like harder times. Um, but it's so much more rewarding, um, than even, you know, a racer, you know, anything like that. Like, it's just, uh, it's, it just, I don't know. I feel like there's something really special about it. It just like makes a lot of life feel more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when, um, like I thought a great example of you kind of embracing this attitude of, you know, this, these are different phases and I'm going to appreciate the phase I'm in. I remember you, uh, you talked about the year that, uh, Des Linden won Boston, you watched the race and thought like, Oh, I think I really could have thrived in those conditions. Um, that could have been my year. Um, and I'm curious if you can, if you remember more in the moment, like, did you go right to thinking that, or did you first, were you first sad or frustrated and, and then went there or kind of, what did that reaction look like? Um, you know, cause we went and watched, um, Boston and I was seven months pregnant or whatever, um, with Athens, um, six months pregnant and, um, you know, at first I was like, this is terrible weather. Like, you know, 
I'm glad I'm not racing. And then as the race kind of started to play out um, and I saw what was happening, I was like, oh, I would really have done (laughs) well and I would have thrived in this kind of adversity. Um, So yeah, it was, it was like a little bittersweet um, knowing that, you know, that race would have been a good opportunity, but it also kind of gave me hope and was inspiring because I was like, you know, Desi's like, just show up, um, type of attitude of like, someday will be your day. Um, if you keep showing up and I think that was really inspiring and like to this day kind of sticks with me because that is how it is. Like you just keep showing up and like, um, you know, I've had some races really go my way, um, over the years and I've had, you know, a lot of really consistent success. And I, I know that, um, I was pretty well dialed into like, I was a good racer and a good performer. Um, and I would show up on the day and like get the most out of myself and even a bad day still was a good day. (laughs) Um, it just wasn't perfect, you know? Um, so I, I feel like, um, that has kind of continued to give me inspiration as I, as I look forward, because I know that, um, like there's going to be a time where I can get back to racing and like, I can have things click for me again. And I can have like opportunities to perform, you know, above and beyond, um, because I capitalize on the day that I have. Yeah. Where do you think you got the ability to thrive in adversity in a race from? (sighs) So I've always been someone who kind of trains, um, maybe under trains a little bit, but I train more, um, off of feel versus like running exact paces. Um, and this was especially important when I moved to Colorado, uh, because like running at altitude, um, everything's off feel cause you can't run <laughs> race pace, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I kind of learned how to run to what my body needed on the day. Um, And I think a lot of it stemmed back to when I ran um, the World Cross Championships in 2013. And there's a lot of sports psychology, I feel like, involved in um, my performance there and me just really focusing on like what I could control and not letting the things I couldn't control, um, take away, uh, energy. And so, um, when I ran there, it was, uh, a four loop course. Um, it was 2k each loop, 8k total. Um, and it went up and down this like ski slope, (laughs) Um, it was snowy, uh, it was muddy. Um, we had to jump over logs. We had to like go over these moguls. We had to wind through, um, kind of like a cyclocross type course. Um, that was very narrow and I was competing against, you know, a lot of the top athletes in the world. And I went into it just like, so many things could go wrong. Um, but all I can do is control myself out there. And so, um, I like duct tape my shoes onto my feet 
and went out and I ran and I only focused on me. I didn't focus on anyone else around me. I didn't focus on, you know, how bad the weather was or how terrible the footing was. It was like, I only tried to maximize what I could do. And I ended up finishing 13th, um, and was the top American. And it was like a huge race for me. Um, and I feel like from that moment on, I kind of have had this like perspective when I go into races of like, um, all I can ask is like that I get the most out of myself. And to do that, I have to know my own strengths um, and run to my strengths. And so not run anyone else's race. Um, And since that time, I feel like that's something that I've been able to execute more in training. And then I've been able to do in races. Um, And so every time I've finished a race um, since then, I feel like the only times I've been upset, um, about the performance is when I lost sight of that and I didn't run my own race and I didn't use my own strengths. Um, and every time I've actually focused on those things, I've like come away super successful. Um, so I think that, um, once I kind of transitioned that mindset, it also helped a ton with like race anxiety because like, I went into it feeling like I was in control um, versus being like, well, what do you think this person might do? What do you think they're going to do? How fast do you think it's going to go out? Like how many people are going to be around me? Like instead of focusing on what everyone else was doing, I was able to just really hone in on me. Um, And I think that's made a big difference for me over the years. Yeah, that's a really powerful story. Um, and I love yeah hearing like the examples of how that sports psychology played out in that race. Do you, what do you feel like are the strengths that you try to focus on in your own racing? Yeah, for me, um, a lot of it is I focus on my breathing and I kind of know, um, how to ride, ride the red line based off of how like what my breathing rhythm is like. Um, and that's something that I do in training as well. And it's really interesting, um, because, um, like I can tell whenever there's external things like, uh, in Colorado, if we have like uh, smoke and a bad air quality day, um, I can tell how that affects my breathing. So then I, I can still run, the effort that I'm supposed to run, but the pace will be different, um, because I can use my breathing to find that effort, um, of what I'm supposed to execute on the day. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely like things like that, or if we go up in elevation, like we live, um, in Boulder County. So we're at like 5,300 feet. Um, but if we go up and we run on Magnolia road, which is 8,600 feet, um, then I know, okay, this is the effort I'm supposed to be doing, um, because I can track that, uh, with my breathing. Um, and so that really helps me just even out the effort over undulating terrain. So like on the Hills, um, I'm not stressing about pace. I'm not looking at my watch. I'm just trusting the effort that I'm putting out there because I'm really dialed into that breathing rhythm. Um, and so I feel like that's something that I've really, um, honed, uh, the last couple of years. And that has been, once I learned to trust that it really has allowed me to train and compete 
um, in like a whole bunch of different conditions and on harder uh, courses as well, because I don't have this like um, anxiety surrounding like my pace because I only focus on effort. Like I won't even look at my watch, um, most races, but I know that I'm running what I'm supposed to be running based off of how I feel. Yeah, that's really, um, powerful. I think I'm, I'm a big believer in that kind of more intuitive effort-based running. And I think it's really hard for a lot of runners to actually believe that like, they can do that. Uh, I think it's really hard for runners to let go of their data and their watches. Um, and so it's, you know, really inspiring to hear how, how you've been able to develop that over the years. Um, and it reminds me of, I've heard you talk about how you also focus a lot more on process goals than outcome goals. And that seems like another kind of intuitive way to approach your training. Uh, and I'm curious if you have an example of a process goal, uh, over an outcome goal in your professional running? Yeah, totally. So usually at the start of a season, I'll kind of write out um, like maybe three um, outcome goals. So like, for example, when I ran the Boston Marathon, um, I had three outcome goals. I wanted to run 235 um, or faster. I wanted to be the top American and I wanted to be top 10 overall. And so those were like my three big outcome goals of like, this is what I want out of the race. Um, and my process goals were, um, you know, it was my first marathon. So it was like all to do with marathon training specific stuff. So it was like, learn how to fuel during long runs so that I can intake gels and fluids on the course. Um, you know, learn how to run longer, um, uh, workouts and longer long runs than I've ever done before. Um, and so as I was, you know, building up in the process of training for the Boston marathon, um, my process goals had like had to come together for my outcome goals to happen. So I was able to just really focus on that and not stress as much on like the outcome goals of Boston itself. Um, and then when I kind of towed the line, um, I was able to just break the race down into like 5k segments. Um, and so mentally I just had all these little small goals along the way, which you could say are like process goals en route to the outcome goal at the end. Um, and so for me, that has always been really important, like always breaking things down. So like starting big and then narrowing it in, um, And so when I did that, I ended up um, running 235. I was the top American and I was ninth overall. So I met all of those outcome goals. um, But it was, you know, response to the fact that I had nailed all the process goals along the way. Um, And so I think that that's been... um, you know, a really key part of my training, um, over the years is having that. And then I also think sometimes it's helpful to have ABC goals, um, for those outcome goals. So like, you know, 235 was my goal, but had it been a warm day or, a you know, 2018, like monsoon day or whatever, um, then I would have needed to have, 
A, B, and C time goals as well as A, B, and C finish goals, you know, because um, there's just adverse conditions that I needed, you know, to, to recognize and be aware of. Um, and I think the people who don't adjust are the ones that um, end up with none of their goals happening at the end. Um, it's like you need to be adaptable um, throughout training as well as uh, on race day. And so, you know, we saw that this year with Chicago. Um, you know, it was hot, it was humid, and it was windy. A lot of people really suffered if they didn't um, account for all three of those things. And, you know, it's easy to look up a heat chart and be like, okay, I should have adjusted seven seconds per mile for how warm it is. Um, but when you add in, you know, humidity and then you add in the wind, it's like really hard to know what is the adjustment that I should be making here. Um, except for if you have these, like I can use effort to guide me and I can listen to my body out there. Um, and then I can run and I don't have to worry about, whether or not I'm running the pace that I should be running. Um, and so I've actually seen, um, people who do trust their effort, um, compete way better, um, at events like that, where things don't come together, um, and aren't ideal. Of course we want them to be ideal. We want to maximize what we've trained for. Um, but you know, a fairy tale. And so there's definitely a real life hits sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, having those process goals helps, um, so much, not just during training, but then also on race day when you have to make last minute changes too. Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like that applies at all to your parenting where maybe you're not setting goals, but instead of focusing on the outcome of something, you're focusing more on the process of it? Definitely. Um, I would say there's times where that has, that has certainly played into it. Um, I'm trying to think of like an, ex an exact example. Um, you know, I would say like Athens doing soccer is kind of one of those where it was like, all right, you know, obviously, what is our angle? Our angle is that he's exposed to, you know, a sport, um, and to his first ever structured activity. Um, you know, the process goal is that we just need to show up each day, um, <laughs> that there's practice and see what happens. Um, and then kind of encourage and support like in between if he has an interest and, you know, we kind of left and we were like, it wasn't a success, but it wasn't a fail. Um, I think that he kind of showed us that he doesn't have a ton of, um, competitive interest in soccer at this time, which is fine. He's three. Um, <laughs> we didn't expect that, but I think it also was like, um, you know, well, I think we'll just kind of see where he's at next year. And if it's something that he is at all interested in, we'll pursue. And if not, we will, you know, look for other options. And one of our biggest things is we don't want him to just default to running because it's what we do. We want him to have, um, experiences and options and kind of decide for himself where his interests are. Um, and so we're starting swimming this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
for me, that's kind of a non-negotiable. That's like, uh, you will learn how to swim and you will learn safety. And even if you don't like it, it's still important. (laughs) Um, so Mm -hmm. that's, uh, definitely something that we're going to be doing either way. Um, but again, like, you know, the outcome there is that I just want him to be safe so that when we go, you know, to pools and to the mountain and, you know, where there's lakes and stuff, um, next summer he can be in a good place. Um, so yeah, you know, safety wise, I don't have to be as concerned. Um, and so I do feel like I've had to use, uh, some of that along the way, but, um, I guess I don't really think of it consciously. Uh, it, it just kind of manifests itself. Yeah. Which I think is the power of, you know, you have practiced that so much in running that that becomes just naturally how your brain works and, and how you think of things. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about some of the, the hardest and the best parts uh, of parenting. And I had a couple specific questions first. Um, one was you had, uh, I think you put on Instagram, something about, you know, you see all these fun activities do with your kids and you're like, that's awesome. We're going to do that. And then like they're crying or they have no interest in this thing or like, uh, you know, somehow it blows up. Um, and then, then, and then you're stressed and then you're like, why am I here? Um, and I would love to hear if you have an example of that. Cause I think that just sounds like it, it's a very relatable story. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's funny because that specific post was like, um, that's the huge, but like today it actually was what I wanted it to be. Um, and so yeah. you know, we definitely have those times. Um, and like I said, my kids are actually like pretty chill and good. Um, and you know, but they're kids and like, you know, yesterday Athens decided he wasn't going to nap and there was definitely way more meltdowns the rest of the day as a result. Um, so, you know, it's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, so there, uh, was a time, um, so like when Rome was, still pretty little. Athens was definitely still in a little bit of like the adjustment phase of it all. And I was still in the adjustment phase of like, how do I do this with both kids? Um, and I mean, I still have that some, some days, but, um, it was like, really, I, you know, I was like nervous to just like drive anywhere because I was like, someone's going to be screaming. Um, and so Athens decided to not nap one day. Um, and I had to get some errands done. Um, and so I was like, all right, you know, we have to drop this off at the post office. We need to drop, um, like return this other thing. And, um, I was like, okay, we're going to get a treat once we finish our errands and then we're going to go to the playground. And he was like, okay, sounds good. So, um, you know, we're like trying to check everything off. I'm trying to like diffuse as much as I can. Um, but you know, it just, it was very stressful because I knew that we were just like walking on eggshells based off of the fact that he didn't nap. Um, and so, uh, we successfully like completed everything without too much of a hassle. Um, and then we got to the playground and it was way busier than I was expecting it to be. And, you know, we're still like a little bit cautious with, um, interacting Mm -hmm. a ton with people. Um, and so I was trying to keep them kind of like in the less busy areas. Um, 
And of course, like Rome needed to eat. And so I was like, oh, Athens, there's a really cool hill. Let's go. Mommy will sit on the hill. You can roll down the hill. The kids are all like the rest of the kids are all over at the playground itself. So I was like, this is like perfect. So we're like over there and he's rolling down the hill and I'm feeding Rome. And um, I look up and he has his pants pulled down and he's just peeing in the middle of the field. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't do anything. Like, I'm literally just sitting here. And I was like, hi everyone. Like, just ignore us. And he pulls his pants up and he just goes right back to doing what he was doing. And he's like, mom, I didn't pee my pants. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. Um, and yeah, I was like, okay, I think that's like our cue that we should probably like leave. And, um, it was just like, but then he like wanted to play on stuff and I couldn't lift him up because I was holding Rome. And then like another mom was helping like, um, like, him climb up things because I couldn't help him. And, um, then I was like, okay, Athens, we're going to the car. You can pick one more thing. And then it was like, you know, five things later, because I can't just pick him up and put him in the car. Like I used to be able to do. Um, and then I was like, all right, time to go to the car. And he just like takes off running. And I was like, Oh my God, you can't do this. Like I can't chase you because I have, you know, and I'm like yelling at him to stop and everyone's like looking at us. And it was just like one of those where it's just like, Oh my God, like (laughs) this, we're just going to stay home now. (laughs) Like we're just not going to go anywhere. Um, and so it was rough, but he did stop and like he turned around, but it just, it wasn't, in um the time frame that I needed it to happen. Um and I I needed him to be a better listener. And so it was it was challenging um and it was tough. But uh, we made it and uh then I was like super exhausted. <laughs> like I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah it sounds like just like <laughs> doing the, the best you can getting through those meltdown moments. And sometimes it's like funny and other times it's just frustrating and you know later you can yes um, it's like I'm fine like I can talk you through stuff and like not everything we do are you gonna like and that's okay um and I'm willing to negotiate if you know I need to set a two-minute timer or whatever then that's fine um but there are certain things like you can't run away um that are you know I have to enforce. Um, and that's been like, I feel like I have like nightmares about that at night because I'm like, what do I do? Like if I'm holding Rome, what do I do? Like, will he stop at the street? I don't know. (laughs) They're so unpredictable, you know? And, and so I think that's like been a little bit of like my biggest stress since having, um, Rome is like, I don't have the hands and I don't have the ability where before I'd be like, I can keep up with him. So it's fine. Like I can catch him. I can pick him up and put him in the car if we need to go. Like, and so that's definitely been like a shift that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you and Dylan talked about that and kind of come up with ways to like calm that feeling or, cause it sounds like you're yeah, right in the middle of trying to figure out how to manage yeah. your mentality around that. Um, it's, we do talk about it. We don't always agree on it. And so that's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, he feels like, um, 
you know, stuff happens and that, uh, you know, you do the best you can. And to me, I'm like, but if he gets run over by a car, that's, you know, like it doesn't matter, Um, you know? And so to me, like I get a lot more stressed, um, and anxious about it. Uh, the other thing is like riding the Strider bike. Um, and so he's been riding the Strider bike and I'm like, you have to stop at every stop sign. You know, you have to stay on the sidewalk. You need to make sure that there aren't cars backing on the driveway, you know? And I'm like always talking through all this and he's like, you know, okay, you need to like, let him have some fun. And I'm like, no, he needs to know all of the safety things. And I'm like, um, because I can't keep up with him. I can't be right there every step, you know? Um, and so that's been a little challenging, um, because Dylan, I think is a little bit more laid back than I am, um, when it comes to some of those safety things. And to me, it's like, that kind of rules above everything else. And to him, he's like, well, he needs to have fun and like not be super stressed out, but also like have logical, you know, like problem solving skills while he's out there. And I'm like, yes, he does. But also he's three and he's going to do stupid stuff because kids do stupid stuff. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I think I'm always trying to be the, like, I'm going to work two or three steps ahead and I'm going to imagine all of the terrible things that can happen so I can prevent them all. Um, and Dylan is a little bit more like relaxed. And so there's probably somewhere in between that we should meet, um, in the middle. Um, and so trying to figure that one out, but (laughs) yeah, that seems like, I mean, I think it's pretty common that yeah, one partner feels, one way and one the other. I, my husband and I are very similar to I'm, I'm like you <laughs> and he's like Dylan. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's like a big kind of where, where is the middle and how do you get there? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, can you think of a time when you maybe like push yourself in that regard and you let, um, Athens do something, or maybe it even happened kind of like without you purposely letting it happen that pushed your boundaries a little bit of what you're comfortable with. And then like how that affected you and something that, you know, either ended well, or maybe it didn't and he got hurt or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, we've definitely had a couple situations, um, like, one time we had a picnic at the playground and then he really had to pee. Um, and I was like, Oh, your pee cup is in the car. We have this like little like urinal thing that he can like pee in, um, that I just keep in the car from we're driving. And so I was like, let's go back to the car and we'll get it. Um, and you know, fortunately we were parked in like a little cul-de-sac, but he like ran to the car, um, and like didn't stop and like cross the street. Um, and that like really stressed me out. I like didn't sleep for like two days because I was like, what if blah, blah, you know? And, um, and like, that was very like stressful to me. And I don't think he would have done it had he not had to pee as bad as he did. Um, and so like, usually he is good at like, we stay on the sidewalk and I think he would have stopped and waited. Um, but he didn't listen when I said, you need to stop. And then I couldn't catch up to him um, because I had Rome. I was carrying him. Um, and then he had to pee. And so they're just like this perfect storm of things. And so that was very stressful for me. Um, we have had some instances where like, it's been totally fine. Um, and he has done a really good job listening. Um, but you know, I feel like I'm just always like 
the what if, like, I'm always a little bit extra stressed about things. Um, like even last night, um, he like, we have a deep freezer and he opened the deep freezer and like tried to get stuff out of it. And I was like, no, you can't do that because if you fall in, like, this is not safe, you know? Um, and I'm already like, I have to lock the deep freezer now because I don't want him to be able to open it because I don't want to, you know? Um, and so, and he also is doing a lot of like, he's creating independence, which is awesome. And there's been a couple times, um, where, I've been like super thrilled with like some of the independence. Like yesterday he was taking his rest because he wasn't napping. Um, and he came out of his room and I was like downstairs and I hear him I'm like, Oh, okay, come on. And I go upstairs and like Athens, we stay in our room and he's like, Oh, I'm just taking myself to the potty. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's great. And he's like, I brought my stool over so then I can climb up and sit on the potty all by myself. And I was like, Oh, well, that was really well thought through. Like, way to go! You know, like you're allowed to leave your room to go to the potty. Good job. Like, um, and so there's been a couple times where I've been like, "Oh, that's great," but then there's other times where he'll just like walk out the front door and he's like, Oh, I'm just like looking at the Halloween decorations. I'm like, that's fine. But like, you need to talk to me before you open the door and just walk outside. (laughs) So it's kind of figuring, I think he's in this, in a tough phase of figuring out, like, I want independence. Um, and like, what does that look like? And what can I be independent with? And what can't I, um, and I'm trying to figure it out too with like, how can I support him and encourage him to be independent in some things, but then also recognize that he can't safely do everything himself yet. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. You're both trying to figure out this new role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's such a thing with parenting, right? Like it's always shifting and changing and like, you know, morphing into, um, you know, different things just because like it's dynamic. It's, you know, people and we're always changing. And, you know, especially when they're kids, they're learning so much and growing so much and like experiencing new things. And so it's like, how, how can we figure this out? Um, and it's like always something, um, and you know, things that used to stress me out no longer do, and then new things pop up. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard, but (laughs) yeah, it's all good too. Yeah. Um, can you think of any, uh, you know, and some of these parallels between running and motherhood just aren't there. So if it's just grasping at straws, uh, you can say that, but I'm curious if you can think of a parallel between that, like your role constantly changing with running, like maybe with, you know, some new training method just came out and you're trying to figure out like, is this worthwhile or not? Or, or maybe you, you not, it's maybe you already thought of something. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's always a thing, right? Like there's always new ideas coming out or like different things you could try. Um, And especially like, you know, when you're training for a goal, um, you're like, okay, I want to do X, Y, Z so that, you know, the goal happens. Um, And then you start to realize that everyone kind of gets to the starting line in a different way. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, one person's way is wrong and one person's way is right. Um, but often it's figuring out what's right for you. Um, and being confident in the approach that you have. Uh, and I totally think that's the same way as parenting, right? Like there is nothing wrong with sleep training. Um, 
is it for me? Eh, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I've tried it and it doesn't really work for me. Um, and I would rather not sleep um, than deal with locking my kid in their room and screaming. Um, have I been able to implement certain levels of sleep training? Yes. I have a sleep training book that I read um, and kind of follow along in terms of like, how many naps should they be having? And like, should you wake your kid up from naps so that they go to bed at a right amount at the right time and those type of things. But for me, I'm not someone that's like, I'm going to let you just scream in your room and I'm going to turn the monitor off and go to bed. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with that approach. They've proven that, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not right for me. Um, and so I think it's like the same way as parenting um, as it is with training. It's like you have to figure out what works for you with, you know, the kids that you have. Um, you know, like I said, my kids are different. Like <laughs> each kid I've had to already have to do different things. And Rome is only four months old. Um, you know, Athens started sleeping through the night when he was like six weeks old on his own. I did nothing. But then at six months old, he decided he wasn't going to sleep again. And he's been not a good sleeper since. Um, Rome mm -hmm. has not been a good sleeper as long as I hold him. So um, it's kind of just been like, well, that's who he is versus who Athens was and like figuring it all out. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, how it is with training too. And I, over the years have kind of figured it out. Um, you know, some people really like a long taper and a very intense taper. And I don't, I don't do well with a long taper. I don't do well with a super backed off taper. Um, and I really honed that and figured out how I do well, um, and what that taper needs to look like for me. Um, and then I have confidence in my taper, even though it's going to look dramatically different from someone else's taper. Um, and that's okay because I know it works for me and I trust it. Um, and that's kind of how it is with parenting for me too. Yeah. Has there been, um, anything else that you feel like you'd want to share to, with people who are runners and moms, or maybe they're runners and going to be moms or thinking about it one day? Um, uh, yeah. Or anything that hasn't come up yet that you wanted to share going into this? Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to share this. So I did a poll on Instagram, like, uh, a month or two ago about stroller running. Mm. Um, and I feel like there's not a lot of info out there about stroller running. Um, and so, you know, mostly if you ask any pediatrician, they'll be like, yeah, you know, you can't run with your kid until like six to nine months when they can like sit up safely, um, in the stroller. Um, and they need to have full head control and all of that. Um, and so that's always what I had heard. Um, and I ended up like wanting to dive into that a little bit more um, because I had never seen anything other than that. But then it was like, well, they make the car seat adapters for the running strollers. Um, so can you run with your baby in the car seat? Um, and so, which I do. Um, and Basically, what I, I kind of learned from all of that was that 
um, car seat companies or the stroller companies who provide the car seat adapters, um, they can't actually do any testing on it. They can't be like, oh, let's like put your baby in this car seat um, and see how bumpy it is. And then like see what baby has brain damage and what baby doesn't or whatever, you know. Um, And so it's just all the rules are based off of the actual running stroller itself, um, not the car seat. So anyways, I was like, this is really interesting to me um, because you know, I know people who have run with their kid in the stroller with the car seat, um, even though it's not recommended. Um, and so kind of looking into that further and it was like, oh, well, that's the reason. But then also um, another reason was that I'll, not everyone buys a new stroller. And so there's recalls and um, different manufacturer issues. And so they want to make sure that the baby is strong enough and big enough that like, if something didn't go according to plan, um, the baby would be okay. Um, so I was like, that's an interesting thought, um, which I hadn't which hadn't crossed my mind, um, either. Um, but then, uh, the other part of it was kind of like, well, when should moms coming back from running, like coming back from pregnancy and, you know, delivery start running with a stroller. And then that was kind of like a whole other thing that I was like, yeah, I mean, like running postpartum is hard enough. And then you start doing with the stroller. And I started noticing like, um, the front of my hips would get really sore um, when I push the stroller because of like the extra stress on them and like the different angles and how it like adjusts running form. Um, And so I feel like this is like something that I'm really curious to like learn more about is this whole like stroller running postpartum um, what you know, is recommended for the baby. Um, but then also what is recommended for the mom and all of that. So anyways, it's just like something I'm throwing out there to like, everyone is, I think that there needs more discussion about it. Um, for me, I've chosen to run with my kids in the stroller with the car seat. Um, and I stick to really smooth surface. Um, and, with the amount of movement that he has, it's really no different than like being in a car seat in the car. Um, but you know, it's not recommended for a reason. And so there, there's like definitely things like that where, you know, I wouldn't tell someone to go ahead and do that, but I also have chosen to do it for myself. Um, and then like with postpartum running, like I do choose to push the stroller. Um, but I also recognize that, like I can't go as far and I can't go as fast. Um, and so when you're in like a training mode versus I'm just going to run and have fun mode, is it actually in your best interest to run with the stroller or is that actually detrimental? Um, so it's just like a lot of questions surrounding that. And I feel like there needs to be more information out there about that. And so I would just be curious, you know, as you could have more conversations, uh, what other people kind of have to say and share in that regard too. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's great to hear what kind of like questions people are, are wondering about or what, um, cause there are a lot of things where maybe something isn't officially recommended, but there's very safe ways to do it. But like people need to actually talk about it so that they can learn from each other. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like, you have to make the decisions right for you and you have to know your baby. So for example, like, you know, my kids are gigantic. And so, um, 
like the strength that they have <laughs> at a younger age um, is a little bit more than probably, um, you know, a kid that was born um, premature and, you know, has an adjusted age and, you know, it's the, the age thing doesn't even matter and doesn't match up then, you know, if you have like a friend of mine had twins, um, at 28 weeks. And so when they were six months old, they were really only three months old. Um, so like they couldn't have been in the big stroller. It wouldn't have been safe for them, but they also were really small and not strong enough to handle it. Um, and so she as a mom has to know that and not just follow like the guideline of at six months, you can put your baby in the running stroller and run with them. Um, and so it was interesting to like talk to her and get her perspective on that. Um, and so I think a lot of it is too, like, you know, as a mom, you need to have good intuition and usually we do mm-hmm. and like listen to it. Um, so, but like you said, there's a lot of like safe ways to do things. Um, and so it's important to, uh, know the options that are out there and to kind of know what other people are doing and then decide whether or not that's right for you and your baby or not. Thanks for listening to Mind Over Miles. You can learn more about my running and mindset coaching, the book, and everything else at mindovermilespod.com.